This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, live from the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge, and I bet the Raiders wish that uh, Brett Musburger had said that a few more times on Sunday. Jackpot, baby! Didn't hear that enough. Heard the field goal was good multiple times, but didn't hear jackpot, baby. Right now we have on the phone lines... My guy, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. He joins us each and every Monday. Also, the Las Vegas Review-Journal does a fantastic job with both and was in the press box on Sunday. And, Ed, the Raiders fall, as you know, 17-15. to 15. And, you know, really I want to go to the, the post-game pressers because I think we learned a lot about the team in those pressers, especially from Josh Jacobs where he basically said the team doesn't come out with juice. They come out stiff. They, uh, they coast. Uh, what were your thoughts about what you were hearing from Jacobs last night? You know what? Q, I think, I mean, uh, if, if it's a wrong word, I'm not sure, but refreshing because what do we do? We sit there every week and we kind of ask questions assuming we know the answer, right? You know, uh, Rich Bisacci, it's the process. You know, Derek Carr, you know, we're a few plays away. and Often I don't give them a hard time for it because you kind of know what you're expected to say, especially for a team who probably still believes it's a playoff team and record-wise it still might be. So when Josh comes out and – lays it on the line there and kind of challenges guys, and uh, I found it refreshing. I mean, I just think that at some point frustration boils over into hopeful honesty, and he said what he was on his mind. Now, again, you know, they'll be later in the week or with Basachi today. You know, there's going to be some backtracking because you don't want to get it completely out of control there because you do, you know, essentially you're still mathematically in this. And for all we know, given, you know, what we know about them, they're going to go beat the Chiefs by three touchdowns because that's right. just kind of the weird thing they do. But I had no problem with him saying what he said. I mean, we in our business want things like that, and it rarely ever happens. And yesterday it did, and I think, you know, look, that's how he felt. And if that's how you feel, say how you feel. You know, and, and it's not like it was false. I mean, that was the thing. No. It, it was the truth. No. They, they've gotten off to terribly slow starts, including on Sunday. And it's something about, and I asked this question at the beginning of the show, Ed, who's the tone setter? Who's the guy who can get these guys to come out of the locker room full throttle with their hair on fire? Brent Musburger? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, in, in, in football, you always point to the quarterback, and, you know, I'm not going to say that he should or shouldn't be, but you always point to that position. Maybe a Max Crosby, you kind of go to emotional guys. Who's the most emotional guy on the team? He's a very emotional guy. Maybe, you know, he, he has to do more in terms of firing them up or getting them ready, um, but someone better do it. And it's a very weird team in that, I, I wrote this today, and we talked about it on the show. They're 6-6, six and six, and you know as well as anyone, they, they've made the mistake, same mistakes almost every week. Mm-hmm. And rarely do you see that in sports where your main issues are things that either lead to wins or losses. Usually they just lead to losses if you can't fix them. But what it does is it gives you a really roller coaster, inconsistent result, and that usually doesn't make the playoffs. Right. So, you know, that, it's a very strange team. And I joke about winning at Kansas City, but I'll tell you what, going to be there, and I'm not falling off the chair if they win. Now, 
if they lose by 20, I'm not falling off the chair either because it's Kansas City and they're playing really well, obviously, all of a sudden, even though Mahomes isn't great right now, they finally found a defense. Right. So if they go there and lose, I'm certainly not going to be surprised. But the way this season has gone, man, I, I don't know what to make of them, and that's usually not a good thing. Usually you have some kind of idea where the team is by this point in the season, and when you don't, it's usually not the best thing. No, it's not. It means that they don't have an identity, and, and, and really right. this team does not have an identity. And, you know, a lot of people pointed to the, the drop interception by Trayvon Merrick at the end of the game, which, yeah, would have sealed the deal for the Raiders. They would have came away with the victory. We wouldn't be talking about any of this. We'd be talking about the 7-5 and no. five Raiders, you know. Yeah. But we should be talking about this because it's still problematic. And my opinion is you can't – if you're not making plays in the first quarter and they were dropping interceptions early yeah. in the game – what makes you think you're going to get a game ceiling interception at the end? You know what I mean? It's like you, you, have to be, you have to be doing your job all the time, not just part-time. Well, one thing Basachi said, and it's absolutely true, it's cliche, but it's true, you've got to make a play. At some point, yep. someone has to step up and make a play that makes a difference in a game. And, again, uh, you know, Rich, I think Rich is trying his best, um, and I know he was asked about this after the, after the game yesterday, and, he likes to talk about this process. I don't really know what that means. I mean, I think it means how they prepare. But I'll tell you what, um, he continues to say, you know, if you only live by the scoreboard, well, yeah, you do. It's the right. NFL. Right. Nothing else matters. And, and Hunter Renfro said after the game, he goes, we lost. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. So I know Rich is doing his best, but I, I hear those kind of comments, and I kind of pause So look, it is the only thing that matters. And, and, and that's a, you know, if that's brutal, we're sorry, but the scoreboard's the only thing. Look up at the scoreboard at the end. And if you won, you had success, and if you didn't, you fail. And that's just the way the league is. I mean, it's as we said on the show this morning, it's not Pop Warner that we drive by on the weekends and kids are trying to, you know, do their best. This is the right. NFL. So I don't really know what the, I think the process in his mind means Wednesday through Friday or Wednesday through Sunday, but the process isn't very good right now because it's too inconsistent. It's too up and down. It's too you don't really know what you're getting play to play, you know, drive to drive, um, game to game. And, and that's, like like I said, that's not a good thing. No, it's not. We're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the Press Box, also Las Vegas Review Journal, here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, Ed, we were both in the Press Box. Me, you, and Vinny were all huddled around talking uh, when Dabo Sweeney made his appearance yes. at the game. <laughs> and, of course, that got the ball rolling. And I have a young lady that covers Clemson. She's going to come on a, a little bit later on in the show. I, I And I've made it. Very clear. I uh, I don't think Rich Basaccia is the answer full time. I think right. he's a good guy, but he's not the he's not the guy. And I'm not saying Dabo's going to be the guy at all. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But I feel like the Raiders need someone like that that has that kind of juice to go in and, and give them some energy uh, into the organization, onto the sideline, just that coaching staff, everyone. You got to have someone with some juice like a Dabo Sweeney. If it's him, great. If it's not, that's fine too. What are your thoughts on well, on, on the next guy? A hundred percent. They need. And I'm not for, you know, I'm usually not for, I should say, I'm usually not for winning, just winning the press conference. I mean, that's cool and everything, and that's great, but then you got to coach, and then you got to prove you can win. And I think he needs, and Mark Davis needs to do, to find someone that does both. Mm-hmm. I think they need what is perceived as a home run hire, and then I need think that home run hire needs to be good. I think Dabo would fit that bill. Dabo's interesting. You and I talked about this at length yesterday. Look, he's 54, I believe. He's already won two national titles at Clemson. I don't know what else is there to do in college. Now, everyone's always said he has waited around for the Alabama job. That's his, that's his school. Nick Saban's 70. How long will Saban go? But if you ever wanted to make the jump, and I can't believe these college guys don't inside them feel the challenge of, could I do it at that level? Urban did. Saban did at one point. Pete Carroll did. I mean, a lot of guys have tried to do it, and some have succeeded, some haven't. 
But if I'm Dabo, and at any point I've felt that challenge, given where the Raiders are now with that stadium, the increased revenues, and you know, may, and you know, they've they've proven whether they've made smart decisions or not. They've proven they'll spend on free agents. If I was presented this job, I'd have to think long and hard about it. But again, Dabo's not the only guy, like you said, who fits that mold. I just completely agree with you in that it needs to be someone that you know people are screaming about and and all jazzed up about. And then the person has to prove he can coach, and I I think Dabo can. Right. Um, he just lost his best coach in Brent Venables to to Oklahoma. That's going to hurt him bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's one of he was probably one of, if not the best assistants in the country. So we'll see where Dabo goes there if he you know if he doesn't make the jump. But you know, I thought you and I were laughing yesterday because we knew right away when he was on the sideline. You know, Twitter would explode and people would go crazy and stuff. And look, maybe the reporter you have on ends it and says Dabo's not a Vegas guy. He's he's a Southern guy and he wants to stay back in that part of the country and he's waiting for Alabama and that's fine. But I think you hit it on the head where you need a guy like that to where when that is put across the wires or your show or Twitter or whatever, people go, wow, look who they just got. They got this guy instead of, okay, well, he hired a coach. Right, exactly. And Ed, the thing about it is this coach, and you kind of alluded to it already, this coaching position is going to be very desirable for everything, including Las Vegas, including the stadium, including a lot of good things that this team has going on. They just got to get it done on the field. But I think this is going to be a very lucrative job. Like, a lot of people are going to want this job. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of people interested. The interesting part is when we're not in Mark Davis's brain, so we don't know, you know, what happens to Mike Mayock. And right. if Mayock stays, I assume he has much, much, much to say in who the coach is. I would assume, look, if I'm the GM, I want pretty much all to say, and then I want to bring him to the owner and see if he'll approve it. That's what GMs usually do. But if he has decided against Mike Mayock as his GM, or, you know, if he goes and hires the coach first, that's probably the writing on the, way to, writing on the wall to Mayock anyway. Because right. if the owner's going to go hire a coach, then the GM's going to say, well, what am I here for? Um, but yeah, I think it's a desirable job. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people already interested. I mean, if we believe the CBS report, a lot of agents have already reached out to Mark Davis that are interested in, in the job. And I think, you know, if they do their due diligence, they could get a big name. I, I, I shouldn't, you know, I, w- I will say I'll be disappointed if they don't, because I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible to have both. I think it's possible to have a really big name. And, you know, in the college level, USC did it. Right. They got a really big name, and they got a great coach. You know, and say what you want about Brian Kelly, but winning his coach in the history of Notre Dame, they got a really good big name at LSU. They got a good coach. So it can be done in college, and I think it can be done in the pros. I do, too. I, I, I really do. And, and those hires, they, they provided some juice to the fan base, oh, yeah. to, the, oh, to yeah. the program, everyone. And that's, that's what this Raider fan base needs, for one, and, and the, the team needs it. And, again, they need a guy that, like you said, can go out there and coach. Is there – I know we talked about Dabo, and we haven't really thrown any other names out there. Is there anyone that you had on your mind, on your radar, that you might think would be a good fit? Okay, so let me ask you this, because we did this the paper last week. And look, we were just, look, we were just throwing out names. Right, I mean, it's, right. it's hard in this situation. I'll give you some names. You tell me what, what you think about it. Okay. Mike Tomlin. Love it. Love it. Home run. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah, don't think he leaves um, Pittsburgh, but I love it. I don't think at least that's we prefaced everything with like look, <laughs> some of these are fantasy names, but we're gonna throw them out there because you know look Mike Tomlin's been there a really long time. Right, he's gonna be in the looking for a new quarterback soon. I, I don't think he'd leave either, but you know hey you got to shoot for the stars, right? Right. Um, another name we threw out there, which I thought was interesting because he did take a team to the Super Bowl and three of the NFC Championships, and he started his career. You'll know this. A lot of people won't remember. He started his career with the Raiders. It kicked off his career, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Yep. 
That would be a home run as well. I'd be yep. I'd sign up for that one. He just got that that big win, Michigan over Ohio State. So I felt like he's sitting on the on the throne right now. But I would yep. definitely I would jump all over that well, one. Yeah, and he finally got the win. He's in the playoff. Um, other than winning the national championship, he's kind of done. You know what he was supposed to do. It took him a while, obviously. Um, another one I thought was interesting because, and this is someone made fun of this as well. He might need a job at the end of the year. We're not sure. And he is, I believe, he's seventy. Um, Pete Carroll. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. I, I like. I'm a Pete Carroll guy. He, I just know he makes some bad decisions at some bad yeah. times. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. But I like him. Uh, I like his energy up and down the sideline, chewing that gum. Though I do like Pete Carroll. Uh, I think I'd probably pass on him though. Spe- spe- yeah, I would pass on him for several reasons. I would. I would too. I mean, I think the others are legitimate. And again, I don't think a lot would happen there. I. I think you know. I think Dabo would have to think about it at least. Now, maybe Clemson. Clemson's got a ton of money now. I don't think they could, you know, go head to head with an NFL team. But you know, they could give him money. Right. He's probably treated there like like a god. There, I mean, and there are worse things in the world to be treated like that in your life. Right. Um, in terms of, I don't know if Dabo's ever paid for a meal there. Maybe the reporter could tell you he's probably treated like a king. So there's something to be said for that. He's got a family. And there's something to be said for happiness and everything. But if there's a challenge within him. And we don't know how far Burns. Maybe it just burns a little. Maybe he, you know, he says, "Well, I'd like to do it one day, but maybe not now." But if there's a fire in him, I would at least make the call to someone like that. And and the conversation might last a minute. Right. Or the conversation might be, "Hey, what are you thinking here?" And then you get into the conversation. So I just hope they do that. I hope they shoot for the stars. Even look, I mean, like I said, call Mike Tomlin. I I would call anyone. Who would? What are they going to say? No, then move right. on. Right. But yeah. don't limit yourself to hey. There's not, nothing wrong with assistants, but, hey, there's this assistant. Uh, now, one assistant, let me ask you this real quick, because I do would be very intrigued, intrigued with him. I don't know if he'd have the splash of Dabo or Harbaugh or Mike Tomlin, but he's always been mentioned, and what do you think about Eric Bieniemy? I, I like that name a lot. I, I really do. do. I just don't know with everything that's surrounding the Raiders and has surrounded the Raiders this year if his, you know, um, baggage that he comes yeah. with a little bit yeah. from back in the day if that yeah. works and jives with what the Raiders are trying to do. I completely agree. I'd like him, but this is usually not the team at this moment where baggage is a good thing. Right, exactly. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if they're the team that can say, hey, we're going to just put our stones on the table and we're going to hire him anyway. You know what right. I mean? I just I don't know I agree with you. if that's the case. Well, great stuff as always, Ed. Man, what do you got coming down in the Review Journal? What you guys got coming up on the press box that uh, folks should be on the lookout for? Well, um, if there's any rodeo fans out there, I'm head of the rodeo. We're going to write about a bull rider tonight. He's 21. He looks like he's 11, and his name's Creek. So that puts it in perspective of why he's a bull rider. <laughs> um, and then on the show tomorrow, we'll go over Raiders. UNLV basketball is obviously a, a, a topic of discussion. And VGK. VGK has pretty much gotten everyone healthy back. William Carlson's back now. So that team that beat Calgary last night, when you think you could add Jack Eichel, if you watch that team last night, that team is the one who can win the Stanley Cup. So we'll talk a lot about that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned UNLV and their hoop team. I did want to ask you real quick. Uh, they, they've lost three in a row now. Uh, you know, they're, they're not where they were at the beginning of the season. I know they've had a tough schedule, but uh, what's the latest and the greatest with the UNLV running Rebels? You know what? They're just not very good offensively, and the problem with that is you're asking your defense to show up every night, and it just hasn't shown up of late. They've lost, I believe they've lost four games, I want to say four or five games, to top 100 teams, and the last three they've been blown out in each one. So, Kevin's got some work to do. You know, when you mesh ten new faces and it all works, it's great. But when it doesn't work, you get some you get some stinkers like you've had recently. So they've got to get this team together. And 
you know, they need a second option. You say, like, who fires up the Raiders? we got to see if Bryce Hamilton or someone can fire up this team because there's a lot of new faces there, and there was some frustration after the San Francisco loss, 45-minute meeting, kids yelling in the locker room, hitting walls, I mean, really upset. So he's got to kind of he's kind of got to get them under control there because uh, conference season's kind of around the corner, and that's, you know, hopefully for them, that's when they can have it ready. But you got to be ready for conference. Right, exactly right. So, uh, yeah, interesting in that. And I'm sure that uh, Coach Kruger is actually going to be making his rounds pretty soon, wants to get everyone fired up for uh, conference yeah. play. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be on the press box pretty soon, sooner rather than later. So, be. Ed, thank you so much for your time, my man. I always appreciate you. Great stuff. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Hugh. Take care of yourself. All right, there he goes. Ed Grant, he does a fantastic job on ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review Journal, bringing you everything that you need to know. And, uh, yeah, he had some interesting names right there. Boy, he, he got the juices flowing. I'm not really, like, deep diving into the head coaching job search and all that stuff, but, man, that got the, the, the juices flowing. And I'll tell you, I think Mike Tomlin would probably be my favorite out of all those names that he mentioned. I just don't think he ever gets out of Pittsburgh until he wants to. I just don't think that that's the case. He's just he's too valuable there, and they've had, what, three head coaches in the history of the team? I mean, they don't, they don't replace guys too often. So good stuff there from Ed Graney. Definitely appreciate him. You can find him on Twitter, at Ed Graney. 318 is the time. You can find me, Unnecessary Roughness, your boy Q, hanging out here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino Underground Lounge as we're preparing for Monday night football, the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills for first place. 318 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Raider, hey, Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Up in a matter of minutes, Alexis Cubit covers the Clemson sports. She's a reporter for the state. She does a fantastic job. Me and Alexis go way back. She's actually a West Coast girl originally that ended up being a Baylor alum that now covers Clemson. So you put it all together. But uh, she does a fantastic job, and uh, she'll tell us all things about Clemson, talk to us about Dabo Sweeney, and not necessarily if he wants the Raiders job, but does she think there's a chance that he may at some point want to get out of Clemson? Just doing a little due diligence, not trying to start any rumors or anything, but she'll be coming up at uh, at 3.30 to talk all about Clemson. But right now, got some really good, uh, great listeners on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200, like our guy Raider Mark right here in Henderson. What's on your mind, Raider Mark? Hey, what's up, Q, man? Hey, I, it's been a pleasure meeting you on Saturday, man. I, I had fun that night, man. Yes, was, sir. Uh, yes, you sir. You and and uh, told DeMond, man, thanks for the push-ups, man. That was awesome, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, great interview with uh, Ed, man. I used to call Ed and Clay in the morning with the morning show, man. Those guys uh, cracked me up, man. They're, they're good together. And, uh, yep. Great to see those guys. And, uh, man, just, you know, just re-watching the game again, the frustration is, man, when Matt hit, hit uh, what's his name's arm, we got the interception with Hobbs. Yep. We should punch that in, man. We got to mm-hmm. punch it in. We can't – no field goals, man. We got to punch it in. I know we – I mean, we had to go for the field goal because we didn't get, you know, get in the end zone, of course. But we got to punch it in, man, and, and make them stress to get a touchdown. Because, you know, that field goal that he made, you know, I didn't think he was going to make it, but he, he, he crushed it, man. He got it in. And then after that, man, it was just chaos and the timeout and the time. It's like, oh, man. You know, I, I know Batas is doing his best job he can, man, but yep. – he is over his head, man. The question you asked him, it just seems like he does, like, you know, wins don't matter or something like that. I don't know what he's talking about, man. Oh, and then uh, uh, today when he talked about uh, the yardage, I think Vinny talked about, asked about, you know, getting past the yard mark. 
He's like, oh, you know, you know, you know sometimes the plays are underneath, you know, and then we can get to the mark, uh, yard mark. I'm like, what? It's right. like, no, you want to get them past the, the yard mark to, get, to make those catches and, and uh, get those first downs, man. And, uh, you know, sometimes on second and third down, you know, of course those plays are going to be like that. But, you know, third down, you got to get past the yard marker, man. That, that yep. made no sense. So I think he's over his head. But, uh, I, you know, what are we going to do, man? We had a, what, this type of year. I right. just think, man, if we do make that change, if we do get dabbled, that'd be great. But man, once you just elevate Gus, and then when Watson uh, Matt Nagy gets fired, just get him the OC, and then we're still rolling, man, because we still got the continuity there. What do you think about that, Q? All right, th- thank you for the call. I-, I don't think I want anything to do with Matt Nagy. Uh, I think that, uh, and-, and I understand he's a smart, or he's supposed to be a smart offensive coordinator, offensive mind. But uh, you've seen what he's done in Chicago, and there's a reason why he's on his way out. Uh, Gus, I-, I think he's going to get an interview. I really do. Uh, I don't know. It depends. You know, it really depends. I, and I've said this multiple times. I don't want him to leave as a defensive coordinator because this is the first time that the Raiders have had a respectable defense in a while. And so I like that. But at the same time, if you go out and get a home run higher, they might not want Gus. And that's just the chances that you have to take. Um, besides that, it's just it's, it's going to be tough, man. There's so many questions this offseason. This offseason is going to have, I mean, just a laundry list. And I think – I've said that Rich Passaggi is not the, the long-term answer. I think he's doing, the, like you said, the very best he can given the circumstance. His circumstance is not easy. His circumstance is something that we've never seen in the history of the league that he's dealing with this year. So what he's doing is, is a great job, yeoman's work, but it's just not good enough. You can see some of the in-game decisions, some of the poor timing decisions, some of the lack of timeout calls or timeout calls. There's just things that he's not ready to do. But, again, it's not because he's just not, not you know, smart. He's just got a lot going on at the same time. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line again and talk to our guy in San Antonio. How about Peg Leg Raider? What's up, brother? Hey, what's up, Chew? Chilling, man, uh- chilling. So I missed about the first 45 minutes of today, so I apologize if this was already covered. But you, you're talking about cone setters, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, this, is, this has actually been bothering me for a while. So after listening to Jacob's press conference and, and a couple others, wasn't the whole Mike Mayock, John Gruden design of we're, we're drafting all these guys from winning programs. We're getting the guys from Clemson, the guys from Alabama who love football. Um they work hard, and they come from cultures of winning. Yep. When Josh Jacobs is talking, he's talking about uh, he comes from a culture of winning. He knows how to do it. He's getting on guys. What is stopping them from doing it? What's stopping them from implementing? I've heard it from Josh. I've heard it in other press conferences from some of, some of the newer guys. Um, was it Aguilar that was in the locker room at the end of last year yelling at everybody? Like, I think we have the tone setters. I think they're there in the locker room. I think there's something, I don't know if it's organizationally, if it's culturally, if it's something that predates that 19 class. And, and of course, the 19 class wasn't out the ballpark at all. But there were folks in there that are trying to do the right thing. They're working hard. They want to win. And I just, I, I've heard it come across in press conferences. Like there's a barrier, like something's preventing them to do it. And I can't put my finger on it. But whatever it is, we got to get it out. Right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, there's a disconnect somewhere. There, there really is. And one thing that stood out to me that Jacob said yesterday in the presser was that, you know, the team is playing down to their opponents, opponents that they think that they should be better than. And he didn't come out and say that they're better than Washington, but they're better than Washington. 
They are. I don't have any problem coming out saying that. No doubt they should have beat Washington in my mind. Should have, would have, could have. I get it. But they played down to the competition, just like they played down to the Giants, just like they played down to the Bears, just like they played down to the Bengals. And, yes, I said down to the Bengals because the Bengals weren't even that much better. They played down to a lot of teams. And he said, I don't even know about that. I've never done that in my life because he comes from Alabama. You know what they don't do for the most part? Play down to their competition. If they're supposed to beat the brakes off you, you know what they do? They beat the brakes off you. They go in there and they put their will on you and call it a day. And that's one thing that bothers me. Why does this team continue to play down to the competition? They know better than that. They've got to know better than that. It's the NFL. These teams all go out there to compete. You, there's nothing, and, I, and I said it at the beginning of the show, what have the Raiders done to give them the right to play down to competition? Like, what have they done? What have they won that makes them say, we don't have to take this team as seriously as we need to take the Kansas City Chiefs or the Dallas Cowboys? or a team that's a juggernaut. They've done nothing and won nothing to say that. I don't understand. 3.30 is the time. When we come back, Alexis Cubit, Clemson sports reporter for the state, she'll be joining us to talk about Dabo. He was at Allegiant Stadium. Does that mean anything? Well, I mean, he is in town for the National or the, uh, the College Football Hall of Fame. He's got C.J. Spiller going into it, so that's something. He's got Hunter Renfro on the team. He's got Clee Furl on the team. He's got some Clemson Cats on the team. So that's something. But we'll see. We'll see what uh, Alexa says about Dabo being in Vegas and if there's ever a chance that he may want to get out of Clemson. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.33 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. The Underground Lounge is the location. I just want to pass this college football news on to you. Your Heisman Trophy finalists, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett, Michigan defensive lineman Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson, sorry. You know who's not on there? Alabama defensive lineman Will Anderson, who has 91 tackles, 15 and a half sacks, 31 and a half tackles for loss, two from the record, and doesn't even get invited to New York. Just saying. A little angry about that. Shout-out to Will Anderson. He's my Heisman Trophy winner. But, Bryce Young, congratulations on your award that you will be taking home. Right now on the phone lines, we got my homegirl, Alexis Cubit. She does a fantastic job covering Clemson uh, for the state. You can find her on Twitter, at Alexis underscore Cubit. And, Alexis, thank you so much for your time. How are you doing these days? I'm good, Q. I'm good. Listen, if you, if you ask me now that I have your number, <laughs> you ask me, I'm, hey, whatever you want, I, you got it. I heard that. Well, I do appreciate you. And before I get into anything Clemson-related, uh, how about those uh, Baylor Bears? You are a proud Baylor alum, and they're the Big 12 champs. How do you, how, how you like that one? Man, I was just actually talking to uh, Craig, Paul, and Smokey about that. And I was like, my heart rate is somewhat normal now between that and, and Brent Venables. And, no, that was such a, a crazy game. Um, I just saw somebody gave it the, the Celine Dion, my heart will go on treatment, <laughs> and that is literally like – the best thing you'll ever see in your life. So, right. no, that was, just, that was insane, but, uh, man, what a game. Yes, what a fantastic finish. I mean, I, I just don't – I don't see games like that end at the at the goal line like that outside the Super Bowl, and my man DeMond back in the home studio is probably angry that mm-hmm. I even brought that up. But, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> – that was a heck of a finish. Congratulations to Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears Big 12 yes. champions. Now, you mentioned 
Brent Venables, and he is off mm-hmm. to Oklahoma. He's now the head man there, so the defensive coordinator is gone. It's been a long time. People have been talking about him getting out of Clemson, and he just stays there, stays there, and stays there. What made now the right time for him to go to Oklahoma? Yeah, so based from what I understand, this was the only job he would leave Clemson for. Um, I actually asked him about that during fall camp, and he you know, said if, if you know, I have to end my career as a defensive coordinator, like there are worse things that can happen in the world, especially when you're making $2.5 million a year. So, you know, it, it wouldn't have been bad, but Oklahoma, there's a lot of uh, sentimental ties, obviously, you know, kind of where he got his coordinating start, at least. Um, all of his kids were born in Norman. Um, he still was very close with Joe Castiglione, the AD there. So um, I think it wasn't it wasn't so much the job as it was the location. You know what I mean? Um, right, I right. think that had it been any other job, I don't know that he would have taken it. But just because, you know, Oklahoma, like I said, those ties, um, that's uh, something that just made it very alluring. And you know, he only has one son that's still playing. His oldest son um, actually medically, I think medically retired, um, just a lot of injuries and things. So he's got one son, Tyler, who's still playing. Um, and I believe he said during the press conference that Tyler will be playing in the uh, in Clemson's bowl game. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he can get his son to come over, come over to Oklahoma or if he'll uh, finish out at, at Clemson. Talking right now with Alexis Cubit from the Clemson Sports Reporter for the state. Does a fantastic job covering uh, Clemson like a glove. And, and, you know, he's going to Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I mentioned he's been rumored to many teams many different times. He, he only is going to leave for Oklahoma. Now that he's there, what do you think? Do you think that he does a good job? Do you think that he fills that role? Or do you think that he's a guy that's probably more suited just for the defensive coordinator role? Yeah, I'll be interested in seeing how he handles. I mean, the X's and O's are a given. I think he's going to do a great job at that. But I'm curious to see how he handles, uh, you know, the recruiting, logistics, all the, you know, paperwork, that type of thing. Because Brent Venables is, you know, by nature a football junkie. He likes to be in his office watching film nonstop if he could. So um, I think that part will be interesting. But as far as, you know, scheme-wise, you know, however long – Oklahoma's in, in the Big 12 um, until they make the move, which I think could be next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll do a great job. Um, he's already got a lot of ties to Oklahoma. Um, a lot of former players were advocating for him. I got to talk to uh, Teddy Lehman and did a story on him um, talking about his relationship with Brent Venables when Teddy was a, a linebacker there for the Sooners. And, it, you know, he, he said the the first, I think, two years, he said, were just basically uh, terrible, and he dreaded kind of, you know, going. But that third year is when things started to click, and he started to understand, you know, hey, he's not picking on me. He's just a really good coach, and he wants to bring the best out of me. So I think you will have a learning curve um, for players who kind of experience some of the same things, maybe even coordinators um, who kind of have to get used to uh, <laughs> his intense personality. But I mean, when things start going, I think you won't see much of a drop-off in the expectations for Oklahoma and what uh, Brent will be able to do there. I'm excited about it. I really am. I'm excited to see what he can do there. I'm excited to see what Lincoln Riley could do at USC, who got the whole ball rolling. <laughs> you know, right. he got the everything yeah, going. That was, <laughs> that was the, the craziest thing. Like, you know, I, nobody was expecting that. Normally you have, like with Brent, you have, you know, the rumored mill kind of going or sources here and there, but – you just wake up and it's like Lincoln Riley's going to Southern California. Like, I mean, I, I 
can't say that I blame him necessarily <laughs> from a geographical standpoint. Uh, definitely a West Coast bias or California bias, but right. it was just you figure normally when a coach leaves, it's because he's either you know kind of politely escorted out or you know something happens um, where things just kind of go bad, kind of like Bronco Mendenhall there at Virginia, kind of a weird situation there where he's stepping down kind of abruptly, but there was no logical reason for you know anybody to think that Lincoln Riley was going to leave for USC. I mean, just the night before, someone asked him about LSU, and he's, nope, not going to LSU. It reminded me of that one uh, gif where the guy's tapping on his head. It's like, not going to LSU, but you didn't ask about USC, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. That man, that blew my mind. Obviously, you know, yeah. me being in Central Texas for as long as I was, Oklahoma right. was that program, you know, and so we always had conversations about Lincoln Riley going to the Cowboys or going here, mm-hmm. going there, and it was never it was never anywhere. And then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, going to USC. It was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just right. like Okay, so so Alexis, I gotta go there. And I, I'm not really even going there and I've I've been telling everyone that I'm not trying to start any rumors. I'm not trying to fire up that rumor mill, but I'm just intrigued now that Venables is in Oklahoma. That's a defensive coordinator gone from Clemson. Dabo is here. He's in town right now. He's at the, you know, the college football uh, Hall of Fame events are going on tomorrow night, so he's got Mm -hmm. C.J. Spiller going in. He was on the sideline yesterday at Allegiant Stadium in Raiders gear, and so, of course, people start, hey, they have an opening and head coaching. Is Dabo a guy that would ever leave college for the NFL, in your opinion? I don't think so, honestly. I think he's very much uh, a college kind of guy. And just to that, um, not only is it the, the NFL Hall of Fame, but uh, Isaiah Simmons plays for the Raiders. They've got a couple um, former Clemson Tigers who are there, so I think that was also part of it, too. But, no, I honestly don't see him. I honestly don't see him really leaving Clemson. I know there are some people who feel like, you know, when uh, Nick Saban retires, he'll go mm-hmm. over there because that is his alma mater. He's, you know, he, like he's from Pelham, Alabama. So, right, right. you know, he is born and raised there. Um, but, no, I don't see him really having a desire to go to the NFL. I think there are a lot more liberties in college football that he's afforded um, as opposed to, you know, going to the NFL where there's a lot more, um, I don't want to say politics, but there's just a lot more to uh, being in the NFL where college football is a little more, you know, lacks a little more, uh, you know, you can have a lot more, uh, the, the relationship with players is just different. And I mean, yeah. I think you can, you know, talk to NFL players and, and you know, they'll tell you, it, yeah, the NFL is a lot different than when you're in college. The relationships with your coaches are different. Life in general is different. Um, you're playing for a different reason. Um, the motivation is, is different. Everything is just kind of from different from a you know obviously it's still football but from you know everything else uh there's a lot of changes and i just don't think that uh he really wants to to deal with that kind of thing i think he likes uh working with young men and helping them kind of find their future whether it's in football or not in football um and and he talks about being a developmental program and wanting to you know like i said mold these young men so i think for that reason alone uh you'll you'll see him either retire in orange or crimson Right, and see, that's where I've always thought he was going to go. Is I thought he was going to end up at Alabama once Saban yeah. decides that he's done. It just it made all the sense for everything that you just said. Now, I mean, just from a a standpoint of just what if, there's a lot of college coaches, including Nick Saban, who try to dip their toes into the NFL and it just hasn't worked out. Matt Rule, he's in Carolina. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really look like it's working out great there. And I'm a Matt Rule yeah. guy. I like him a lot. 
But yeah, they, they just fired true. Joe Brady. Do you think that Dabo, if if he were to decide to dip his toes into the NFL, he would be successful knowing him the way that you know him? Uh, I think he would be able to adjust to the football aspect. I just don't know how he would do with, you know, the other parts of right. football. But that would be kind of interesting to see um, what he could do on that level. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he would be the same. No, I don't, honestly. No, and that's and that and that's exactly why I have you on. Just to, because again, it's not even necessarily this job. It could be any job that's opening. You know, there's always conversations of, "Hey, go get Dabo," and especially with mm-hmm. Venables. And, and the last guy I had on, Ed Graney, does a fantastic job for us. He was saying, "Well, what does he have to do still at Clemson? I mean, he's won a couple national championships. He's put plenty of guys in the league. Uh, his his defensive coordinator just left. If there was a time that he may make a move, it could be right now. But for every reason that you said, it makes sense why he wouldn't." Yeah, well, then you also have to consider his youngest son, Clay, is uh, going to try to walk on at Clemson. Okay. Both, it's, all three of his boys have walked on. Uh, Will, the oldest, he just graduated, or this was his last season at Clemson. Uh, Drew is his middle son, who is at Clemson. All of them, wide receivers just like Dad, uh, walking <laughs> on just like Dad. So, um, yeah, you have to consider he's got the, the youngest coming there that will uh, try and earn a scholarship, too. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see him leaving. Um, but then again, it's hard to say what's in a coach's mind. I mean, right. you ask some Clemson fans, they would have soared up and down that, you know, Brent Venables is never going to leave Clemson and he pledged his whole life to Dabo. Um, but I think the thing is, if the opportunity is right, if the timing is right, I wouldn't pat, put anything past anyone. Um, but just from my perspective right now, yeah, I don't, I, I think he's, I think he's good at Clemson. There you go. There it is. Well, again, that's the reason why I wanted to have you on. I knew that you had a much better finger on the pulse than I did. And so, uh, yeah, plus it's always good to catch up with you and talk to you anyway. Yeah, you know? <laughs> any excuse, any excuse to chit-chat and chop it up. That's right. Absolutely. This is my, my West Coast homie that was uh, is a Baylor alum. Uh, where'd you go after that? You went to East Texas or, no, Minnesota, right? Yes, I went back home uh, and did the general assignment thing, yep, and then was up in in Minnesota for three years and then went to Plainview and Lubbock and and got here in May. So, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Hey, look, don't we all? (laughs) Don't we all? I mean, mean, look at you, big-timing it in Vegas, man. (laughs) I'm not big-timing it, but I am in Vegas. So, you know, (laughs) whenever you make that trip back home and come back to the West Coast, make sure you you stop by and and, and say what's up and we'll – We'll hang out for a little while. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. What do you got, what do you got coming out uh, you know, that anyone can be on the lookout for? I know you got a lot of writings and everything that you're working on for the state. Yeah, so, I mean, right now it's kind of cr- crazy crunch time because Tony Elliott might be leading the offensive coordinator um, is up for, I think I just saw he's out for the Virginia job, but potentially still up for the Duke job. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like the athletic, uh, athletic director We'll be leaving for Miami to go try to <laughs> handle that situation. So, wow, is a whole lot going on right now um, on top of the bowl game, and then uh, Clemson just had one of their um, recruits who's a safety decommit because of Venables' departure. So, it'll be interesting to see how much fallout comes um, because of Venables leaving, and then see who's still around by <laughs> this time in a few months. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it's good to be busy, right? And that's what we always say. It's really good to be busy. So uh, that, yeah. that's what you're going to be. You can find Alexis on Twitter at Alexis underscore Cubit. That's C-U-B-I-T. Alexis, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. You're killing it. And we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you. No doubt. No doubt. There she goes. Alexis Cubit covers Clemson sports like a glove 
for the state and has had a hell of a journey, uh, but she does a great job wherever she goes. So uh, definitely check her out again on Twitter, at Alexis underscore Cubit. And there you go. There you go. She doesn't think that Dabo's going anywhere, maybe even not Alabama, which would have been if I had to put money on it, which I'm not because I'm not a degenerate. Uh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> that came up the other night, so I had to bring it up again. <laughs> so, no, if I had to put money on it, I, uh, I definitely would have said Alabama would be the spot. And who knows, maybe it will be at some point, but it doesn't sound like he's an NFL-type guy. So I uh, had to go to the source on that. 3.47 is the time. We're going to come on back, close up, shop here from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino where we have T-shirts, we have koozies, we have cups, we have Hooters calendars for 2022, food and drink specials, and the drinks are fantastic. The food is even better. Come on by, hang out. We got a great Monday night football game that you will enjoy. Buffalo and the New England Patriots, first places on the line in the AFC East. You're looking for a spot to watch it. This is where you need to be again, the Oyo underground lounge hotel and casino here uh, right across from the mgm you can't miss us this is rare nation radio 920 welcome back to unnecessary roughness, unnecessary roughness. here on raider nation radio 920 i'm gonna have to kick you you know what today here's your boy q 702-365-9200 that is the number i'm looking for caller number nine right now my man demon cotton is sitting Sitting in the home studio waiting for you to call number nine. Hit us up. You're going to get hooked up with a two-foot sub from Porta Subs. And more importantly, going to get you in to win Clay Baker's morning tailgate hookup, the ultimate morning tailgate hookup. That includes a charcoal grill, a pop-up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, a Bluetooth speaker, and a six-foot sub from Porta Subs. Uh, this is what I was telling you about on Friday and said don't call till Monday because it doesn't start till Monday. I was giving you a little bit of a heads up, and my man Jason got very – you know, he got very eager and wanted to win. So right now, everyone, including Jason, this is your opportunity to get hooked up and get in to win Clay Baker's ultimate morning tailgate hookup. Again, 702-365-9200. DeMond Cotton in the home studios will take your information. Right now, I do want to close out the show as we're here at the Oyo. The Underground Lounge is the, is the name of the spot that we're in. Got the music. Got the Crown Royal chair here. I need to sit in this thing, man. This is a... A purple chair that says Crown Royal. It's got the Oyo background in it. I need to. I need to have this in my house. I mean, really. I just if I had this in my house, it'd be dope. I mean, it's dope anyway. But I just you got to put your headset on. I can't hear you. What'd you say? What Danny? What'd you say, Danny? I was saying it's more of a throne. It's not just a chair. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I I, I can be. I can have a throne like chair in my house. I'd have no problem with that. I'm sure the wife would think that. Are you serious? You really brought that home? But that's okay. So get over it, right? I mean, you know, don't worry about it. I set it at the kitchen table, or I set it at the dining room table so everyone knows that that's my chair. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of it in a little while and tweet it out at your boy Q254 and also at R&R 920 AM. You'll see me in that chair. I think it looks pretty cool. It kind of looks like the ESPN commercial where LeBron had that big throne, and I forget who it was. Was it, uh, was it DP who took the chair? Or Scott Van Pelt that took the chair. Yeah, it was SVP. Scott Van Pelt took the chair or the throne and replaced it with a little small chair. And LeBron said, hey, Scott, uh, did you see my throne? No. No, LeBron ain't seen it. Okay. All right. Then LeBron sits in the chair and breaks it. It was great. Anyway, that could be mine. But, uh, yeah, come on by and check out this uh, Monday Night Football game. And I'm, ex- I'm ex- fired excited about it. Uh, the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills in nasty weather. Danny keeps showing me pictures of, of the weather and videos, and it looks cold. I get cold every time I see it. So that's going to go down, and so you should come on by and hang out and just watch some football, man. Get that 
my, that, that, that thought out of your mind of what happened with the silver and black yesterday. And just watch some other football. Just see how it all shakes out. It's AFC games, so it matters. Let me hit a couple texts before we wrap this up. 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line. What it do, Q? How about Lewis Riddick? Raider D from the 314 STL. Uh, I know Lewis Riddick's name's popped up multiple times. I know he's got a lot of love as a former Raider for the Silver and Black. Uh, I think that, honestly, I think at this point, when the Raiders make their next hire, it's got to be someone that's a home run that they feel is very proven. You know what I mean? So if you're going to roll with Lewis Riddick, I almost think that you, you just might as well roll with Mike Mayock at least for a, another year and maybe a couple years to see what he could really do when he's in charge. I do like Lewis Riddick a lot. I love his breakdowns. I think he's very smart. But I said the same exact thing about Mike Mayock, too, when he got hired. I love his breakdowns. I think he's smart. I think he's a good talent evaluator. I, and I still do believe all that. I think we just have to wait and see what he can actually do. Glenn from San Jose hit us up and said, what up, Q? What up, Damon? Saturday night at the Rockstar was a blast. Meeting you both was like I've known you for years. As far as yesterday, even though I'm ride or die with this team, to watch what I saw in person was just brutal. I'll leave it at that. Good stuff from Glenn in San Jose, and it was great to meet you, my man. Uh, got another text. I think Derek Carr is either more worried about padding his stats, worried about answering tough questions in media sessions, or worried about the fan base grilling them more than they already do. Or even worse, all of the above. Leading the league in passing yards or percentage of completions do not matter for anything when you don't get the wins. You don't run 100 miles, but you still got one to go. That's that old NWA uh, lyrics right there. I could appreciate that. Hey, what's up? How you doing? What's up, Pops? Hey, man, come on, get hooked up, man. I got T-shirts and everything for you. Come on, man. Come on, holler at your boy. No, I'm serious. Yeah, come on. Oh, come, here, let me throw you a shirt then. Here, let me throw you a shirt. Let me throw it. Show, here, here you go. You catch it. You catch it for him. Oh, he's going underneath the rails. Oh, you doing it. Now you ain't. Here you go. I got you. Boom. Yeah, you already know how we roll, homeboy. One, two, one more. One, one time for 09. You got you to gotta catch it, though. If you don't catch it, you owe me a – Oh, he, he intercepted. You got picked off. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. Don't fall there. All right. I see you. I see you. Yeah. I, I, you turned your back now. I can't see it. <laughs> I see the patch. I recognize it. I do. He's got the Raiders symbol on his shirt and on the back. He's standing on the rail. He might fall. I'm a little scared. Okay. He didn't fall. All right. You guys have a good one. Be safe. Okay. I'll be here. Whew, I got worried there. I got worried. Hey, come on, get a shirt, man. Come on, get a shirt. Yeah, yeah, hook yourself. What's up? What's your name? All right, you deserve a shirt. Go ahead. There you go. Well, we're at the Underground Lounge, Oyo Hotel and Casino. Come on by, hang out with us. Be here watching Monday Night Football. Got some Raider fans in the house. I do appreciate you. Demond, thank you so much for the great job that you're doing. I know uh, I'm all over the place, but it's all good. That's how we close out the show. It just became... It just became a party, so uh, that's what it is. Vinny Bonsignor is up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. I'll be checking in with him. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.